0: Lauren Hickson here. Hi, Erin. I see you in here. All right, let's see. Open up the chat. All right, guys. Good to see you all. Uh, We'll wait a few minutes for more people to join, but Kevin and I decided to do something a little different this week. We're going to still answer all the questions that you have, but we thought that it might be a good time since the after-hours show turned into a lot of calls that we that we you know took and answered so we thought that what i had prepared for the show today we can actually discuss here in the q a Um, what i had prepared is some information on osteoporosis mainly because last week on the show we covered minerals and naturally, you wonder, well, where are minerals stored in the body? And the first thing that comes to mind for me is calcium being a mineral that is very important to our body. I think about our bones because we know that calcium is really important for our, the integrity of our bones and our teeth. So I thought that it would be a good idea to talk about osteoporosis and the roles that minerals play in that. Kevin just joined. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Joseph. Thank you, of course, for joining us. Oh, you're the best. (laughs) All right, guys. So I did prepare a few things, a few notes regarding osteoporosis. So let's talk a little bit about that. When we think of osteoporosis, the first thing is our bones. Uh, What are our bones? Basically our bones are hard mineralized connective tissue. The majority of their weight is minerals, Um, the rest being water and protein, but we won't get into that. So the functions of our bones, they are structural support for the body, they protect our organs and our soft tissues And they are important in the production of blood cells. I think that a lot of people may not know that. So that's pretty important. Um, But we also store calcium in our bones. Uh, So our bones are made of a great deal of calcium. So osteoporosis is what causes our bones to become weak and brittle. And that's due to the bone remodeling process becoming less efficient. So a little bit about bone remodeling in case you don't know what that is. Our body is designed, um, our, our bones, just like our skin, are living tissue. So old tissue is continually being destroyed and new bone is then being built or created. And this process is called bone remodeling. So this is happening constantly every day of our lives. As much as 15% of our total bone mass um, is turned over every year in this process of remodeling. So um, the breaking down of bones and then the formation of new bones. So in the formation of new bones, calcium is stored in the bones and the breakdown of bones, it releases calcium into the blood. And that's actually been known to to regulate um, our pH balance. It is not the only way that we regulate our pH balance. Our kidneys actually function, um, is the primary way to to regulate pH balance. So um, I know that that's typically something that comes up with the acid alkaline theory, which has been proven to not be um, that great of a model to follow. So... Let's see here. Um, So we're going to talk about what bones are made out of, which we already mentioned that calcium is located in our bones. So 99% of our body's total calcium is in our bones. Um, Another important mineral that's found in our bones is phosphate. Another is magnesium and sodium. So our bones are made in a, a great deal of of our bones are minerals. So when we think osteoporosis, my first thought is mineral balance and the cofactors for getting these minerals, being able to absorb these minerals in the diet and then being able to use them properly to keep this bone remodeling, remodeling process going. All right, so what creates healthy bones? Well, we know that minerals Mainly calcium, magnesium, and phosphate are required for the maintenance and structure of the tissue of our bones. And calcium is is an important factor. Now, the truth is that almost everyone is getting enough calcium in their diet, but they're missing the cofactors that allow the body to absorb and use this calcium. You know we hear all the time when it comes to bones that oh you have to drink more milk and all of these things but you know you can be eating a very high calcium rich diet but if you're not actually able to absorb it then you have some issues so what other cofactors are important in the use and absorption of calcium well the first one that comes to mind for me is digestion and we talk about this a lot So digestion needs to be working properly so we can absorb the minerals like calcium. And we also need high levels of hydrochloric acid, which is the stomach acid that we're constantly talking about that is really low in people with acid reflux and stuff like that. So we have to make sure that we have sufficient amounts of hydrochloric acid in order to absorb calcium. All right. Hi, Kathy. Good to see you. Please feel free to ask any questions, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about osteoporosis and the role of minerals in that while you guys start thinking of questions to ask. All right. Another cofactor for proper calcium absorption and usage is our fatty acids. Fatty acids um, are necessary for the transport of calcium across the cell membranes and into the cells. And they also help calcium levels um, or increase the calcium levels in our tissues. All right, let's see here. Vitamins are another cofactor. Several vitamins, especially fat soluble vitamins. Okay. So we talk a lot about how important healthy, how important healthy fats are in the diet. And here's another example of why healthy fats are so important. Um, They're important for strong bones. So vitamin D Uh, ensures that blood calcium levels stay stable. And vitamin K2 uh, regulates calcium metabolism. Um, And then vitamin A has a slightly smaller role, but um, it's also very important for, for the use of calcium. All right. Some other cofactors are other minerals, mainly potassium and magnesium. And other micro minerals like manganese boron copper and zinc they all help um, they all have to be in balance in order for a proper uh, usage of calcium so other things are the hydration you know making sure their water and electrolytes are are up to par so that you can actually move these minerals throughout the body and collagen so supporting collagen formation. So when we think about bones, it's not just the hard structural part of the bones, but also the connective tissue of our bones are really important. So collagen is also important. Good sources of collagen, by the way, I know we talk about this a lot with bone broth. Um, So bones, joints, tendons, uh, the skin of animals as well. So make sure that you're eating, you know, tail and shanks and bone broth and stuff like that Hi Jeff Jeff just joined us as well guys. Don't forget to ask some questions That's what we're really all here for um, but I'll continue on with osteoporosis and The cofactors for calcium the last cofactor for calcium is hormones hormones are actually very important especially our parathyroid hormones Uh, Our thyroid hormones, our adrenals, and our, um, our sex organs all play a part in regulating calcium. All right, so let's go ahead and answer a question. Todd just asked, can a carnivore expect to stay in ketosis or, as I am experiencing, I will come and go whenever, no matter how strict I am? that's a great question Todd and we do know that the carnivore diet is in fact a ketogenic diet because we're really lowering the amount of carbohydrates and we're increasing the amount of fats um, we know that we know that protein shouldn't be over 40 percent on the carnivore diet so we're really leaning on fats to help get you know the rest of those macros up So, um, I think with any diet, Todd, you can expect to fluctuate, um, in and out of ketosis in reality, I don't think it's very safe to stay in ketosis, like just stay in ketosis for a very long period of time. So I think it's better that you are coming in and out of it. Um, Kevin jumped in and said that ketosis should ebb and flow. And, and I, I definitely agree. I don't. I don't think it's, there's any problem with that. Um, but for the, you know, you will be in ketosis a lot because it is a ketogenic diet. I hope that that answers your question. All right. So in terms of getting calcium in the diet, all right. So there is a danger of taking, cal- of supplementing calcium because calcium supplementation is typically done with, um, synthetic calcium. So what we, what we want to do is we want to get calcium from natural sources. So it's highly available, bioavailable in fish bones and dairy products. One of the best things that I think to get your calcium levels up is cold water bone in fish. Things like sardines, mackerel, um, even anchovies, they are small enough and the bones are soft enough to where you can eat the fish with and, and, you know, and the bones are still intact. And that is a really great way to to get calcium in the diet. So just so you know, we do have all three of those cold water fish in the store. They're Patagonia products, Patagonia provisions um, has great little flavors as well. I actually just got some anchovies in last week that I'm really excited to eat. But um, that is a really great way to get good, safe calcium in the diet because it's bioavailable, meaning that your body can act, you know, actually use it um, for what it's you know, intended for. A lot of the times people are supplementing with calcium and it's forms that are more dangerous and calcium, if you're getting too much of it and you your body can't absorb it, it can then end up in places that you don't want it um, for instance, in your arteries, you know, we don't want calcification in the arteries. So making sure that you're getting those good little, you know, freshwater fish that have the bone still intact is a great way to get your calcium. Another good way is bone meal, bone broth, and bone marrow, um, eggshells as well. If you drop an eggshell in your omelet, it's, it's not going to cause any harm. Actually, it's, it's chock full of calcium. So go ahead and let that go and just enjoy the crunch. Um, you know, things like yogurt as well. All right. So let's look back here and see if we have any questions. Kathy says, since I went into, went to carnivore six months ago, I haven't been able to get into ketosis. That's a long time, Kathy, to be in carnivore and not reach ketosis. Are you Testing on a regular basis, Um, I'm curious, I'm curious to know what kind of testing you're doing. All right, Uh, Kathy said she checked again a few minutes ago, one hour after eating and glucose was 105, ketones was 0.1. Usually check once a day, but forget sometimes. Hmm, that's interesting. Kathy, what you can do is you can start keeping a food journal. Um, I don't know what your diet is like, you know, sometimes, I mean, if you're eating carnivore, I'm sure you're staying away from the carbs. Um, you know, also think of things like your stress level. Um, those are all, you know, that's a really important way to, you know, to keep sugar down is making sure that you're managing your stress. Kevin just chimed in and mentioned, he um, actually asked if you're eating enough fat um, and that's actually a great point. You know, you, you're, you need to get energy from somewhere. So uh, are you, you know, what are your ratios if you think of them in, you know, in percentages or, you know, let us know how much fat you're eating. Hi Todd, good to see you on here. Todd says, you and Kevin may know, but I think I have a thyroid problem and don't lose weight even on mostly high quality carnivore. Intermittent fasting is not my weight. If it is not my thyroid, sorry, usually when I see IF together, it means intermittent fasting. If it's not my thyroid and instead stress, have you seen people like me lose weight on the stress buster protocol? Good question, Todd. Todd, I actually sent you your NutriQ symptom burden graph earlier this morning. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. If I can recall, it didn't look like thyroid was a high marker, maybe a little tiny bit higher than the rest because it looks like you've been on the right track and doing great. Um, Now, my next question for you after sending that was, you know, Why is it that you think that you, you have a thyroid problem Were you diagnosed with, um, anything like, you know, Hashimoto's or anything like that? Um, that would be my first question for you. So let us know. All right. Oh, Kathy. Yes. Okay. So Kevin responded to Kathy asking if she's getting enough fat in order to reach, you know, Tosis, And she said, maybe not. I do the butter and coffee. Kathy, if you are saying that you may not be getting enough fat, and then your one mention of, of getting fat in your diet is just butter and coffee, then I can guarantee you, you're not getting enough fat in your diet. Um, I'm also curious to know what what you are eating. If you could just give us a little kind of, um, list of things that you're eating on, on a regular basis, that'd be super helpful, but I'm a little concerned after hearing that, that you may be eating too much muscle meat. Um, so just, just let us know, you know, what else you're eating, because if you are carnivore, you definitely need to be getting enough fats in the diet. Like I mentioned, um, protein shouldn't be, shouldn't exceed 40% of, of your macros, meaning that fat should be super high. And if you're only getting butter in your coffee in the morning and you're not adding fats to the rest of your meals, then we're, we want to change that for sure. Kevin's asking also if you've tried Brain Octane. Um, Kathy says, dinner tonight was smoked brisket and a barbecue chicken thigh, then ate Elruri yogurt. Well, it's good that you're getting dairy in there. That's great. But, and brisket is good, especially if it's a fattier um, part of the brisket. That's great because brisket is typically higher in fat. Good job there. Um, ooh, sorry, guys. I just jumped. I wasn't expecting there to be thunder because it doesn't look th- dark outside. <laughs> it kind of scared me. But, um, Kathy, yes. I... Kathy mentioned that she gets full really quick. Okay. So in terms of the chicken thigh, good, because it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a darker part of the meat. Is it, my question for you, is it bone in and skin on? That's also important. Um, you don't want to just eat the meat of the thigh, just the muscle. You want to make sure that you're, that you're getting, you know, a good amount of fats, like I said, and connective tissue. We want to get good connective tissue. So, you know, you know, are you getting, what about bone broth? What about, um, adding fat to that stuff? And you said, barbecue chicken, what kind of barbecue sauce are you using? All of these things are, you know, things to consider and yes, good bone and skin on always good for you. Um, yeah, I would definitely uh, start using brain octane again. You, you definitely need fat. So ketones are made from you know the breakdown of fats whether it's fats on our body or fats on the diet um also i don't remember how you started this comment in the beginning of the thread but what is your my question for you is what is your goal with carnivore are you hoping to lose weight you know that's also a good question to ask all right let me go get back to todd here um My okay, your auxiliary basal temperature is low, and you're missing the outer third tip of your eyebrows. Okay, Todd, you're right about the eyebrow situation. You know it can correlate with a thyroid. You know you know hyperthyroidism or any kind of thyroid issues however it's not enough for me to to say oh someone has you know a thinning outer you know eyebrow someone could also just have thinner eyebrows so i would i would actually ask a doctor to do a thyroid panel on you and see where you are because if those are the only two reasons why you think that you could have thyroid issues, then, you know, I I wouldn't just assume that that was the case, so I would definitely look into that. Maybe just have a, a doctor do a thyroid panel. They're fairly easy to do. It's basically just blood work, um, and then you'll really know instead of stressing out about it, okay? All right. Oh, my dog just, just got dropped off. Hey, guy. Hey, Boone. All right, let's see here. Uh, no sauce. Okay, so barbecue chicken thighs with no sauce, Kathy said. All right, we'll start, you know, maybe making your own sauce. I'm trying to think of ways that you can incorporate more fat into, into your meals. So, you know, so that you're not just having protein, um, but you're actually getting more, you know, fats in there. So maybe making a, a high-fat barbecue so- sauce or making some some kind of sauce – I actually, sometimes I make chicken wings and when I make chicken wings, I will make a regular wing sauce. For me, my regular wing sauce is essentially just hot sauce, like a vinegar-based hot sauce and a lot of butter. And that's it. And that's a great way to start adding more fats into your diet and get a good, really good tasting sauce as well. All right, John. Any supplement suggest, suggestions to add to probiotics, bone marrow, collagen, living bone, beef, gelatin, bone broth, omega-3s to aid in skin and bone healing after hip replacement surgery. Back to making el rudery also. Woo, John, you are doing it all. <laughs> all right. You're on the right track for sure. Um, you know, we're talking about hip replacement surgery today. We're talking about osteoporosis. So, you know, really good stuff here. Um, but you are on the right track. I don't think you need to add anything else in terms of, I mean, not off the top of my head in terms of what you can help or take in order to help build back after, after surgery, especially a significant surgery like that. Um, so it sounds to me like you're, you're right on track. I think you are in a good place. So good job there. All right, Kathy. Maybe start putting melted butter on it. Yes, I would start adding more fats like melted butter for sure. All right. I am going to go ahead and move back to getting calcium in the diet. So I mentioned bone and fish. That's a great way. I mentioned bone broth, bone marrow eggshells, yogurt. Now we have some poorly absorbed sources of calcium, which are mainly non-animal sources. That's gonna be sesame seeds, dark leafy greens, like collards and spinach. The the reason why these are poorly absorbed is because they contain higher levels of phytic acid, which inhibits calcium absorption, okay? Um, We talk a lot kevin and i about the importance of getting animal nutrients and this is this is why because we have anti-nutrients associated with most plant foods like phytic acid which is this is the perfect example of how it inhibits calcium absorption so therefore it's really important to to get um good animal sources of calcium All right, and then safe supplementation. If you are not getting um, sufficient amounts of calcium in your diet, you can supplement with whole bone meal if you'd like. Um, But like I said, the best source I would say is those small fish like sardines, mackerel, anchovies, things like that, all right? Um, And I mentioned the supplementation risk for those taking calcium supplements Most of those are going to be synthetic calcium, and there is a 100 to a 140% increased risk of heart attack. That was from a 2012 study on over 24,000 people. So heart disease is definitely a risk factor when taking calcium supplementation, Um, also cancer and kidney stones. All right. All right. Now, we can supplement with calcium, by the way, but we also cannot forget those cofactors that I listed in the beginning, so if you need to hear those again, this will be posted, um, the recording will be posted, and you can go back and listen to those. But I will do a recap here in just a second. So what causes osteoporosis? One of the leading things is poor diet. Processed foods, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, salt, soda, Um phytic acid in foods, like I just mentioned, in the leafy greens and things like that. Um, There are other things, our stress. Um, Cortisol will actually block calcium absorption, interfering with bone growth. And we know that stress also suppresses our HPA axis, our hypothalamus pituitary um, adrenal axis. And this is our, you know, our adrenals are what secretes you know, that whole axis is actually important for regulating our hormones, especially our sex hormones, which increases um, the secretion of these hormones can increase inflammation. And inflammation is the third thing I want to mention, which can cause osteoporosis. Um, it's actually one of the largest causes of osteoporosis, it turns out, because we get inflammation from so many different things. We can get chronic inflammation from gut infections and dysbiosis, um, heavy metal toxicity, things like rheumatoid arthritis, those are all things that can drive inflammation in the body. So we really wanna make sure that we're addressing those things. That's why from a functional perspective, we always start with the foundations, which are gonna be what we're putting in our body and digestion. And from there, we really, you know, are able to mitigate the inflammation and make sure that we are not getting that high amount of inflammation. right. Um, I mentioned hormone imbalances. So that was another thing that estrogen plays a big role in maintaining bone mass and building our bones. Sleep is another factor. Melatonin affects actions of, you know, the building and and, uh, breaking down of our bones. So we want to make sure that um, that estrogen is in good place. Also, estrogen levels significantly drop in women during menopause which is why during menopause we typically see things like a higher risk of osteoporosis so keep that in mind hormone balance is is critical Um, another thing is sedentary lifestyle lose it or you know use it or lose it guys that's you know really important to know weight-bearing exercise you know things you know that that you can actually do to to help build your muscles are going to be those strength training exercises. You know things like Kevin's been talking about the X3 bar. Those are great ways to really strengthen not just your muscles but your bones. So important. Um, another thing to mention: drugs, drugs like especially proton pump inhibitors, acid reducing um, drugs. They inhibit mineral absorption. Super critical, guys. We do not want to be taking PPIs. If you've been taking PPIs for a very long time, you might want to go get a bone density scan and see where your, you know, how your bones are doing. It's also a good idea to get a bone density scan, you know, earlier in life, I should say, I don't know, maybe around your 30s or 40s, so that later on you have a benchmark, something to compare it to. All right. Another thing that affects um, osteoporosis or can cause it, steroid use, large amounts of alcohol, caffeine, and smoking. So what do we do to avoid this? Number one, we want to make sure we're eating a balanced diet, nutrient-dense, whole foods. Those things that I talked about, um, your sardines and your mackerel and things like that. Then we also want to check for inflammation. Make sure that... You know, we don't have inflammation, things that cause inflammation, gut issues, autoimmunity, um, heavy metal toxicity, things like that. A C reactive protein test is a great way to test inflammation. That's a great marker in the body to see where inflammation is. So you can ask a doctor for that. All right. Ensure you're getting enough calcium. We discussed that optimize your fat-soluble vitamins, especially vitamins D and K2. K2 can be found in dairy, egg yolks, liver, fermented foods. All the things that we really talk about are the superfoods for all around health. Those are also going to be really good foods to help um, absorb and use calcium in the body. We want to stay away from industrial seed oils, flour, sugar, and gluten and that's all I got for you guys. I kept it really short as to not drag it on and so that you have some good bullet points to come back to but I just wanted to cover a few things on osteoporosis because it is something that I do see quite often. Um, I definitely see it more in females than I do in males but males are not You know, you can still have osteoporosis if you're a man. Um, Another thing is I I come across more men that take PPIs than I do women for whatever reason. I don't know why. But like I said, um, taking proton pump inhibitors, uh, which are acid-lowering drugs, are not allowing hydrochloric acid to be made in the body. So we have to go, you know, we have to fix that. So we don't need those proton pump inhibitors. And so we're actually able to absorb calcium. All right. That's all I got for you today. Hi, Lisa. All right, guys. All right, Todd, thanks for joining. And we will see you guys again next week for another After Hours, as well as a and a And I don't know what topic I'm covering yet, but I will keep you posted. Take care, guys.